Welcome to the TappingSolution.com's Bits and Pieces podcast, where we share information designed to change your life. Whether you're new to EFT tapping or an old hand, you'll find simple, inspiring information to brighten your day, motivate you, and help you live your best life. To learn more about tapping, visit thetappingsolution.com. Now, here's today's clip. Hi there. In today's podcast, we have a fantastic clip from my sister Jessica's Hay House radio show. I hope you enjoy the clip. All right. So today's show is about sticking to healthy habits, including food or exercise or meditation. Oftentimes, we can be so hard on ourselves and we have this inner drill sergeant that keeps telling us, you never stick with anything. You never follow through. This is just a fad. You're never good enough. Does this at all sound familiar? For me, it definitely did. I had that drill sergeant in my head living there for a lot of time and not paying any rent. And the challenge about this critical voice, this bully that we have, is that we think that we need it. So if I say, I want you to be easier on yourself, I want you to be more compassionate, one of the things I often hear is, but no, I want to change. And I'm scared if I'm not mean to myself, then I won't make the shift. Well, let me ask you this. How is that working out for you? Has being mean to yourself and pushing yourself and criticizing yourself in order to stick to healthy habits, is it helping? For me and for many others, the answer is a big no. So today we're going to talk about some of the mistakes people make when it comes to having and incorporating healthy habits, and we'll also be doing some tapping on some of those blocks. So let's look at the very first mistake that we tend to make when it comes to the intention to begin to really change habits. The very first mistake we make is this idea that we have to do it perfectly. So let me paint a picture for you. Let's say you start a diet and you're not allowed to eat a certain food, whether that's sugar or gluten or whatever, and you're staying on this diet and it's incredibly strict. Then you're at a party, someone offers you their fresh home-baked cake, you feel uncomfortable saying no, so you take it and you begin to eat it, and suddenly the voice comes in, I can't believe you ruined your diet. You never stick with anything, there's no point, and all of a sudden, since you know that you broke this diet, you decide to have a second piece of cake because you think, well, whatever, I already ruined my diet. So let me just enjoy this and then I'll start again next Monday. Does this sound familiar? Well, this is the difference between people who are live a healthy lifestyle and dieters. And I have never met someone who's a chronic dieter who has successfully lost weight and not even lost weight, just been healthy. If you have a diet mentality, you feel like you're always punishing yourself because you always have these strict rules. So the very first mistake is trying to do it perfectly. And the way we react to those moments when we veer off path, So someone who's a dieter, like I said, they eat that cake. They think, whatever, I ruined everything. Let me eat whatever I want. Somebody who has natural, healthy lifestyle will eat that piece of cake and go, okay, that was awesome. That was so delicious. Let me drink some water and get back on and then, you know, start eating well again. It's not a big deal. It's a problem when we make it this a massive emotional big deal and we shame ourselves and we criticize ourselves. That's when it becomes so hard. So first mistake is we try to be, to do it perfectly. The second mistake that we need to look at is that we are deciding to be healthy out of punishment. So we're on a diet out of punishment for 
not being skinny enough or we're on some sort of diet for a punishment for not being healthy enough. So the plan that we go on is more based on pain than it's based on pleasure. What I often hear people say is, how can a healthy habit plan be based on pleasure? It can. You have to remember this. And I say this over and over again, and you should write this down, get a piece of paper, memorize this. If it's not pleasurable, it's not sustainable. If it's not pleasurable, then it's not sustainable. So how do we make healthy habits pleasurable? It all comes with being clear on what our intentions are. So often our healthy plan is simply because we feel we're not good enough and we feel like we have to lose something. So we need to lose weight. We need to lose this sickness, whatever it is. We just need to lose. We're not, we have something that's wrong with us. We need to fix it. People who have a, are very consistent with healthy habits, focus on what they gain. They notice the immediate results. They notice the results in their energy and they look towards the future towards not weight loss, but longevity. This is a challenge when you focus on changing your health or changing your weight. It doesn't happen after a week. Sometimes it takes a month. Sometimes it takes two months. It's what's called the compound effect. And I'm reading this great book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And he talks about how often people aren't successful with losing weight because they're so obsessed on jumping on that scale every second and noticing immediate results. When true change happens by making small changes in your habits for a long period of time. So the only way that we can make that change for a long period of time is to find ways to make it pleasurable. So when we're looking at eating healthy foods, it's not a punishment, but it's, we begin to find joy. We find a cookbook that we love. We experiment. We take time for ourselves. When it comes to exercise, if you hate an exercise you're doing, don't do it. I always say yoga is like dating. Just because you go to one yoga class and you hate it, it's like going on one date and saying all men are horrible. No, you have to date around and find a class that suits you, that feels right. So the focus to change these habits is to experiment and play and find ways to make it more exciting and pleasurable and to come from a place of of doing these healthy habits as a way of honoring yourself. What I posted on Facebook today was every healthy habit is an act of gratitude for the life I've been given. Every healthy habit is an act of gratitude for the life I was given. Think about that. Have you been trying to be healthier but it comes from that drill sergeant who says you're not good enough, you better change, you never stick with anything, you better do it perfectly. Or are you coming from a place of, I love my life. I am so proud of who I am. I have body confidence because body confidence is honoring my body for being the home to an incredible soul. And I honor my big heart and I honor my big soul by treating myself to nourishing foods and moving my body. Is that where you're coming from? Or are you coming from a place of pain? It's something to think about and something else that you need to be aware of as you begin to change these habits. And if you have the habit of trying to do things perfectly, what tends to happen is we begin to rebel. And so we begin to eat healthy. We're on this plan, but it's incredibly strict. And all of a sudden we just get exhausted. We get so tired of the pressure that we put on ourselves. We get so tired of these strict rules that one day we go, you know what? Screw this. I'm exhausted. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And we begin to go back to those unhealthy habits because we've been so strict in the first place. So if you can look at being having healthy habits, but allowing yourself the room to maybe have one day a week when you eat whatever you want, or have a moment where you slip off your routine and you just honor yourself and you get back on it without that critical voice, then you won't need that need to really rebel.
Okay. So there's no such thing as we have to get away from this mentality that we can cheat on a diet. This diet isn't a thing that we can cheat on. This is your life. Your life is not made out of before and after pictures, before and after weight loss. You are living right now. And so often we think I'm going to do this diet for 30 days and then I'll get to where I am to, to where I want to be. But then what? Then you get there and you go back to unhealthy habits. We can't look at things like a diet plan or a program. This is your life. And in order to have a healthy body, you have to say every morning that I am going to honor myself by making the best choices that I can. And in the moments that I don't make the best choices that I could, I'm going to forgive myself and begin to do something to honor my body and to honor myself. So I want you to let that sink in and I would love to take some callers. Let's talk to Melanie from Texas. Hi, Melanie. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. So, Melanie, any um, before I get to your question, so far, have you had any aha moments? Um, well, I guess it's just hard to mm. have an aha moment when you know that it is correct, but it's hard to break out of that cycle. Right. So it's like you're listening to what I'm saying and logically you're going, okay, that makes sense. But the reality is it's still hard. Yes. Right. Okay. This is why I love tapping because what we're doing with tapping is we're getting in the body. We're going to learn a way to really begin to break those habits. So what, what is your challenge? Um, well, the challenge is also, I guess I do break the diet because I do consider it dieting and not a healthy lifestyle. Well, I start, I start my healthy lifestyle and then it turns into dieting, which then turns into cheating. And then after that cheating, it can sometimes turn into guilt. And then, mm. you know, you feel guilty for, well, I feel guilty for messing up on this diet that I'm on. And then whenever I do, sometimes I binge eat and it's just a whole lot of guilt with it. Mm. And Instead so the of, guilt add, the guilt leads to more binge eating. Right. Right. So you're stuck in the cycle. Okay. Okay, Melanie. So can you remember the last time this happened? Um, about a month ago. Okay. Can you paint the picture for me? Well, I work in a local um, restaurant, and we have mm -hmm. great food, <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's a difficulty right there, but it just starts with one little thing, and it's like, well, just one more little thing won't hurt, and then it's just a whole, well, you know, I had that earlier, so might as well go ahead and finish out the day like this, and we'll start fresh tomorrow. And then tomorrow happens and you're like, it's just one more day. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. yeah. Not that big of a deal. First of all, Melanie, you are not alone. I can imagine the, all the people that are listening to the show nodding their heads. And I have been in that same position. And, it, and it's also the picture that I painted in the beginning of the, of the show. So what you're going through is, is not unusual. What we want to do is change the way that you react to that first time that you eat something that you think that you messed up. Okay. Cause that's the trigger. So the fact that you eat something that isn't say ideal for you, that doesn't, if you do that once in a while, that's not a big deal. I mean, I've, I've, life would be miserable if I couldn't have chocolate cake. You kidding me? Um, you know, the, the thing is you, we are adults, we are allowed to eat whatever we want. All right. So we, we have to realize that we're making the rules. So we want to come from a place where we eat healthy because it is just it's what we want for ourselves. And we want to make sure that if we have a moment that we don't eat uh, in this best way, that it doesn't lead to all of this guilt in this vicious cycle. So we can begin to do some tapping. It's helpful to tap in the moment. So I'm going to do some tapping with you now. You'll get an idea how it works. And what I invite you to do is in the future, when you have that first trigger, so you eat something and you find yourself going towards that, oh, I mess everything up. Mm -hmm. take a moment to tap, even if it's just two minutes. And then I'll help break that cycle. Because it's one thing to say it, but you want to bring in your body and really stop that pattern. 
Um, when you think about the guilt, so do you remember what you ate that made you kind of go, okay, I'm messing up. So I might as well eat whatever. Um, I believe it was ice cream, ice cream. Okay, great. And when you think about eating that ice cream, how high is that guilt on a scale of one to 10? Uh, afterwards it's, um, it's about probably a nine or a 10. It's pretty high. Mm -hmm. And then I just, you know, think of all these things also, like, why can't I just stick with this? And, you know, I think about, um, you know, I want to set a good example for my daughter and, Mm -hmm. um, it just snowballs into something so huge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just before I forget, I want to do, we're going to do some tapping, but I want to do a little, a little side note. Um, when we begin, when we have something that has a lot of sugar, like ice cream, when, after we finish eating it, it, you're going to crave more sugar because that's just the way that your Mm -hmm. body works. It's the way that your body is set up. And I think that's really important to note because a lot of times people get that. So, you know, it happens to me. I went to Paris, um, for Thanksgiving and I ate everything because it was awesome because I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this really great time. And when I came home, um, I just wanted to have sugar all of the time. All of my cravings came back and I had to do some tapping. Um, that's, I had to do some more tapping because I'd been feeding that craving. So in the beginning, when you have a lot of sugar or any moments that you have a lot of sugar, it is important to do some um, tapping to kind of calm your nervous system and to understand that just because you have a bit of a sugar craving doesn't mean that it's because you have no self-control or that there's something wrong with you. It's just a natural reaction that you have some sugar that you want more. Mm-hmm. So logically that's helpful. A, a movie that I really recommend that everybody watches is just essential. Um, you can get it on Netflix. It's called Fed Up. Katie Couric narrates it. Um, and it's really helpful just to understand the way that the mind deals with sugar. And I right. think it you'll you'll have a much more compassionate um, view of the entire thing when you know what your body is doing with that sugar. Yes, and I've I've done uh, I've lost um, weight significantly. I've lost close to seventy pounds on a ketogenic diet. Wow! So I, I am aware of. I mean, sugar is like. The devil. The devil. I know. (laughs) See, but you know what? This is a tough, and again, we'll jump in the tapping, but this is a tough thing, Melanie. Like, I understand that sugar is the devil too. I've read all those books. And yet, if I said to myself, I'm going to shame myself and tell myself I'm not good enough every time I have some sugar, I'd be miserable. I'd be depressed all the time because we live in a world where once in a while we want to have a piece of chocolate. And so, we, it's, there's, it's two-sided. You know, if we say to ourselves, I'm wrong every time I have sugar, what's going to happen is you're going to rebel. You're going to say, I'm so strict on myself. So if I just ate sugar, let me keep eating sugar all day because I know eventually I'm going to go back to my strict diet where I'm not going to be able to have anything. So let me gorge on it now that I have a chance, the chance, right? So mm-hmm. if, if you were able to just let go, if you were able to be nicer to yourself, the moments that you did have sugar, and if you let yourself have it once in a while, you're not going to have the rebellious eating that comes where you get into that vicious cycle of guilt and you feel like you can't stop. Right. That's, right. I mean, that's, that's perfect right there. That is, yeah. it, it does feel rebellious. That's perfect. So one of the things that you can do is that when you know that you want to have some sugar, when you're like, you know what, this ice cream looks so amazing. And I, I choose to have this ice cream. You take a second you take a deep breath and you say, I choose to enjoy this ice cream. That's it. So you make it like not one of those decisions where you start to shove the ice cream in your mouth before that mean voice can come up. You actually are centered and from a place of peace say, yeah, I want this. And the more centered you are, when you consciously choose that you want to have something, you're not going to go into that spiral. That being said, let's do some tapping. And everybody that's listening, the way that you're going to get the most out of our time together is to tap along. So Melanie, have you ever um, done tapping before? No. Well, one time I did, I was listening to one of your shows here on Hay House 
And uh, another caller, you were doing a tapping session with her, so I did it also. And I, I did find that, you know, something so different and um, that I was very interested in it. But no, I've never done it on my own. Perfect. Well, we'll do some tapping together. And um, for anyone who's listening who's new, if you go to the tappingsolution.com, you can see exactly where the points are. But I'll also tell you where the points are. And so it's a very forgiving process. So, Melanie, what's tricky about this is that you're, you're not, are you feeling the guilt right now when it comes to eating that ice cream? I could easily, I don't know, just thinking about it, I could easily you can go there. put okay. that guilt back on. So let's just put the guilt back on just for now, because it's already there. If it's so easily accessible, then it means it's there. So we're not creating it. You've just been stuffing it down. So we're just going to mm-hmm. let that guilt come up with the ice cream. And we are going to um, tap. So can you bring it up to a nine or a 10 or does it feel a bit lower? Um, it feels a little bit lower because I'm back to, you know, eating healthy on the paleo diet. Um, but the guilt is still there. So mm. but just not as high. So can you give it a number for me? Um, it's still pretty high. I'd say <laughs> it's, about, it's about a five to a six. A five to a six. Okay, great. And everyone that's listening, if this relates to you, think about a time that you were felt really guilty or maybe it's right now, you can bring up that memory and give it a number. So Melanie, we're going to tap on the side of the hand and repeat after me. Everyone that's listening also repeat after me. If you can out loud, that's great. It's an easier way to stay focused. If not in your mind works great as well. So on the side of the hand, even though I'm overwhelmed with guilt, even though I'm overwhelmed with guilt. Every time I eat sugar. Every time I eat sugar. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Even though I overwhelm myself. Even though I overwhelm myself. With guilt. With guilt. Whenever I don't eat perfectly. Whenever I don't eat perfectly. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Even though I criticize and shame myself. Even though I criticize and shame myself. Every time I make a mistake. Every time I make a mistake. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Eyebrow point. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Side of the eye, and I know better. And I know better. Under the eye, I've read all the books. I've read all the books. Under the nose, I've seen all the movies. I've seen all the movies. Chin, I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what to do. Collarbone, and I'm not doing it perfectly. And I'm not doing it perfectly. Under the arm, so I bring myself down. So I bring myself down. Top of that, I criticize myself. So I criticize myself. Eyebrow, you should be better. You should be better. Side of the eye, you should be a role model. You should be a role model. Under the eye, you never stick with anything. You never stick with anything. Under the nose, this pressure to do it perfectly. This pressure to do it perfectly. Chin, the heavy weight of perfection. The heavy weight of perfection. Collarbone. And actually, I want to ask you, Melanie, when you feel that weight of perfection, that pressure to do it perfectly, do you feel it somewhere in your body? Yes, just, I mean, it feels, um, in, it, it's an inside feeling. Mm-hmm. Is it in your stomach, in your chest, in your head? In my chest. Mm. The Caso collarbone, this heavy feeling in my chest. This heavy feeling in my chest. Under the arm, this pressure in my chest. This pressure in my chest. Top of the head to do it perfectly. To do it perfectly. Eyebrow. And every time I make a mistake. And every time I make a mistake. Side of the eye. I feel overwhelmed by emotions. I feel overwhelmed by emotions. Under the eye. Where did this behavior come from? Where did this behavior come from? Under the nose. This fear of making a mistake. This fear of making a mistake. Chin. This fear of not doing it good enough. This fear of not doing it good enough. Collarbone. This fear of getting in trouble. This fear of getting in trouble. Under the arm. So I criticize myself. I criticize myself. Top of the head. Maybe that will protect me. 
Maybe that will protect me. Eyebrow. From outside criticism. From outside criticism. Side of the eye. But this strategy isn't working. But this strategy isn't working. Under the eye. And I'm so tired. And I'm so tired. Under the nose. Tired of this pressure. Tired of this pressure. Chin. This pressure to do it perfectly. This pressure to do it perfectly. Collarbone. I'm waiting for myself to make a mistake. I'm waiting for myself to make a mistake. Under the arm. And then I beat myself up. And then I beat myself up. Top of the head. But for a moment. But for a moment. Eyebrow. I feel free. I feel free. Side of the eye. And I eat whatever I want. And I eat whatever I want. Under the eye. I try to out eat the guilt. I try to out eat the guilt. Under the nose. I eat it quickly. I eat it quickly. Chin before that voice comes back. Before that voice comes back. Collarbone. That really mean voice. That really mean voice. Under the arm, I'm ready for a new way. I'm ready for a new way. Top of the head, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to make a mistake. Eyebrow, maybe it's not even a mistake. Maybe it's not even a mistake. Side of the eye, I can eat what I want. I can eat what I want. Under the eye, and I choose to eat foods that honor my body. And I choose to eat foods that honor my body. Under the nose, and whenever I choose a food that's not ideal... And whenever I choose a food that's not ideal. Chin, I do it consciously. I do it consciously. Collarbone, I do it peacefully. I do it peacefully. Under the arm, I do it with joy. I do it with joy. Top of the head, I'm allowed to not be perfect. I'm allowed to not be perfect. Eyebrow, it's safe to let go of this pressure in my chest. It's safe to let go of this pressure in my chest. Side of the eye, it's safe to let go of this critical voice. It's safe to let go of this critical voice. Under the eye, anytime I eat anything that's not ideal. Anytime I eat anything or something that's not (laughs) ideal. Under the nose, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. Chin, and I enjoy it. And I enjoy it. Collarbone, I can feel free to be me. I can feel free to be me. Under the arm, releasing this pressure. Releasing this pressure. Top of the head, feeling safe and confident in my body. Feeling safe and confident in my body. Okay, take a deep breath in. Exhale. Melanie, we touched upon a lot of things. What came up as we did that tapping? How do you feel? Check in with that, the, that kind of heaviness that you had in your chest. It, it, I mean, it went away. It was great. It, I mean, um, the pressure was there tremendously whenever, you know, we spoke about how I punished myself, you know, the mm-hmm. guilt that comes along with it, the bad habits. But now do you feel any of that pressure in your chest anymore? No. Mm. Think about a future event. Think about two weeks from now, you're at the restaurant. There's some kind of celebration. There's some special cake or ice cream and you decide to have some. How will you approach that differently? I'll approach it by, you know, not letting it spiral into something larger just by saying, it's okay. It's okay that you have this. It's, mm. it's human. Um, and just because you have this one thing doesn't mean that this is what you do now. Yes. Yes. So is there a way, Melanie, that you can begin to give yourself permission? So maybe it's every once in a while, but you just truly give yourself permission to enjoy some ice cream. Yes, I'm, I've actually just recently started, you know, saying that it is okay to do these things. It's just, I mean, the tapping greatly helps, I guess, with inner systems. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. I feel like it'll help you just stay connected, stay grounded. When we begin to spiral out of control, what tends to happen is that we're not in our body. So the more that we can just do some tapping to feel like we are in our body again, the easier this process is going to be.
And, you know, and I, and I'm with you, I'm the same way. I want to try to eat as healthy as I can, but I got to give myself room to not be perfect so that I can feel the freedom and then being healthier feels more enjoyable instead of this just strict thing I'm forcing myself to do and, and having this kind of fear that I might mess up and have to deal with such a mean person inside of my own mind. Right. Right. Well, Melanie, I'm so happy that you called in that you are vulnerable and that you shared because I know that so many people um, will relate to that. So thank you well, thank so much. Thank you so much for helping me. It, it, it was a great relief of pressure. Great. I didn't even know it was there. I guess I really was suppressing it. So until yes. the next time it happened again. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And, and keep in touch. So if you find that next time you just have a complete shift, a complete breakthrough, um, you can find me on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Melanie. Take care. Thank Bye you, now. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's move to, you know, we've been talking a lot about food. Let's talk about exercise for a second and how to make this a habit that actually sticks. And we'll go back to what we talked about food, this idea that if it is not pleasurable, it's not sustainable. Now, why is it that for some people exercise is pleasurable and for some other people, it feels like the most horrible thing in the entire world and you would like to avoid it at all costs? Well, when you look at a child, do you see them exercising? Not usually. They're just in their body. They're moving. They're jumping around. They're playing. There is a freedom to the way that they move their body. Then as we get older, we have this thing called gym class or PE or whatever it was called where you come from. And in that moment, you have first place and last place. You have good and bad. And so suddenly physical movement becomes, uh, it's all about a competition. And so I worked with a woman once who really hated to exercise. I mean, she would try to do it, but she just would feel embarrassed and she would panic or she would actually, you know, go to work and she'd bring her sneakers in a gym bag and she'd be determined to go after work and she'd find herself back at home without exercising. And she just said, you know, it's just something that I really hate. I hate doing. And when we began to do some digging, we found a memory when she was, this must've been middle school or freshman year of high school. It was kind of in the middle of, um, the beginning of PE or, or at least when you started to have to run the mile. So I know a lot of schools, I know I had to do it too. Everybody has to run the mile. They were running the mile and she came in last and she was so far behind from everyone else that she was, you know, huffing and puffing. She was all red, all sweaty and all of her classmates were standing there watching her cross. So there she was about to cross the finish line and all of her, her peers had their arms folded and they were just watching her struggle. And in that moment, she felt incredibly embarrassed. She felt humiliated. She felt like it, she wasn't good enough. And so from that moment on, exercise equaled embarrassment. So every time she, that she would work out and as she got older and she started to gain some weight, she felt like everybody was judging her, that everybody was watching her, that, that she just wasn't doing it good. She wasn't doing good enough. So she was always scared to try new things. And so we had to actually go back and to tap on that memory. We had to tap on that moment of how embarrassed that she felt and create a safe place within her own mind because she realized that the criticism that she was fearing was not from other people. It was all coming from her own mind. And we do this and I touched upon it when we were tapping. We begin to criticize ourselves because we think if I'm really mean to myself, maybe it will protect me from other people's judgments. So, you know, if they're going to criticize me, I'm going to beat them to it and begin to really criticize myself so that when they criticize me, it doesn't hurt as much. It's a thing that we do out of protection, 
But now as adults, we have to find a way to let go of these events and these experiences. So when we were able to tap on that memory, she went and she took the same exact class in the same studio where she'd taken a week before and ended up walking out early because she was embarrassed and she was able to enjoy herself. And she wasn't the best and she was sweating and she was huffing and puffing, but now she didn't have the critical voice. And so she had the freedom to sweat. She had this freedom to struggle. She had the freedom to try something new because that mean voice wasn't bringing her down and telling her to stop. One of the reasons that exercise feels so uncomfortable in the beginning is because if you have neglected your body, Exercise makes you become aware of your body. You suddenly become aware of your genes, of your stomach, of the way your shoulders move. You begin to notice uh, certain pains and aches, and you become aware of the parts of your body that you've been neglecting. And so what we do is we become aware of that pain and we say, this pain means that I'm not good enough and that there's no point. Or we do this thing where we go, I can't, I'm not as good as everybody else. I can't run as far. So what's the point? I can only do one lap around the block before I'm completely out of breath. And one lap around the block isn't going to take me anywhere. So what's the point? Let me just quit. And it's like having this little tiny fire. So imagine, you know, you have a fire inside of you and it say it's this little tiny flame. And here's a critical voice on one side saying, oh, that's your little flame. This is where you're starting that little candle, that's embarrassing. You shouldn't even shine that light. Let's completely blow it out. I have this bucket of water, let's dump it. This is ridiculous. There's no point of shining. That flame is so small. But there's another voice inside of you that knows that if you love and nourish that flame, if you protect that flame from that mean critical voice, you give that fire room to grow. You let that little, that little fire, that little tinder grow into a bright light. Are you giving yourself the space to grow? Are you giving yourself a place to make mistakes? Are you giving yourself the opportunity to nourish yourself when you're not good at something? Are you giving yourself an opportunity to try something that you're not good at and to honor yourself for simply showing up? Because if you want real change, that's the only place that you can start is by having compassion with where you are and allowing yourself to just be bad at something, allowing yourself to just make mistakes, to fall, to look silly. When we give ourselves that freedom, that's when we have the freedom to grow. So I want you to think, is there something that you could do that you're not good at? Can you give yourself permission? to instead of criticize that little flame, give it the room to grow and to nourish that flame. Can you nourish your body? Can you try to exercise? And when you feel that those aches and pains, instead of hearing that critical voice, hear your true voice that says you're doing it. You're nourishing that flame. It's growing hot, bigger and bigger. And even if it's just one lap around the block, that lap represents you showing up for yourself. Can you show up for yourself? So let me take another live caller. We only have, we have less than 15 minutes left, but I'd love to support you guys. So let me talk to Judy from New York. Ooh. Hi, Judy. Hello, Jessica. Wow, this is quite an opportunity for me. I'm delighted. Thank you. Thank you. How can I help you? How can well, I support I've you? Well, I've been starting your uh, most recent seven-week course, and it has really opened up quite the... Uh, Make pit, I guess mm -hmm. I would, of old beliefs and old patterns and things like that. What I'm finding as we get into the exercise portion um, is that I have deep-seated messages which have turned into beliefs, very ingrained beliefs, that it's really not okay for me to feel good about mm. anything, about doing anything. Um and so on and so forth. So therefore, that has a lot to do with why I don't stick with anything. I may start out with um, doing some simple exercise or eating healthier or whatever, and then finding out it's not okay to do that. 
then all that those messages come up. Do you remember the first moment when you learned it's not okay to feel good? Um, probably not far enough back. I was a, a, an overweight child and started, but I did have some success uh, for many years, but it was totally based on not eating any sugar at all. And I remember being home for Christmas at my parents' home one year during this period. And um, and my mother, I mean, I couldn't win. My mother didn't like me fat, and she didn't like me thin either, you know, that it wasn't okay either way. And I remember at Christmas, and there were Christmas cookies around and so forth, and I did reach and have a cookie. And I remember across the table the look of derision on her face, and it's the only word I can use. Mm. It was, I got you back. So that's how I knew that. Wait, so it was, did you say, I got you back? That was, that's the, that's the look that I interpreted that's... from my mother's look. And, and what did she get you back from? What, what's that mean, I got you back? Got you back from feeling good. Mm. Being, and, you know, and being happy um, that it was never okay to really have that. She was, unfortunately, a very, quite a miserable person uh, for all the time I've known her. <laughs> I knew her. And I'm just starting to realize that more and more and more, that she was a very unhappy person. Yeah. As a result, it wasn't okay for me to be happy either. So uh, Because say, I think it reflected badly on her. So say yeah. out loud, it's not okay to feel good. Say it out loud. It's not okay to feel good. How true does that feel on a scale of 1 to 10? Oh, 10 baby, being like oh, an 11. Oh, okay, it's an 11. It okay. brings up a lot of um, fear. Let's, we, we only have 10 minutes, so let's just jump into some tapping, and we'll just see if we can loosen this up a little bit, okay? Everyone that's listening, tap along, because I know Judy is not the only one that's experienced this. So tapping on the side of the hand, okay. even though it's, I'm not allowed to feel good. Even though I'm not allowed to feel good. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Even though I have been taught. Even though I have been taught. That I am not allowed to feel good. That I'm not allowed to feel good. I love, accept, and forgive myself. I love, forgive, and accept myself. And those who taught me this lesson. Oh, and those who taught me this lesson wow even though it's even though i was taught it's not i'm not allowed to feel good even though i was taught that it's not allowed it's not okay to feel good i'm not allowed to feel good i love accept and forgive myself i love accept and forgive myself and those who taught me that lesson and those who taught me that lesson eyebrow i'm not allowed to feel good i'm not allowed to feel good side of the eye i want to be a good girl I want to be a good girl. Under the eye, I want to make my mom happy. I want to make my mom happy. Under the nose, and I'm not allowed to feel good. And I'm not allowed to feel good. Chin, all of this heaviness. All of this heaviness. Collarbone, this pressure in my body. This pressure in my body. Under the arm, all of this fear. All of this fear. Top of the head, I just want to make her happy. I just want to make her happy. Eyebrow, but I'm not allowed to feel good. But I'm not allowed to feel good. Side of the eye, and she's not allowed to feel good. And she's not allowed to feel good. Under the eye, this heaviness. This the heaviness. Under the nose, being passed down through generations. Oh, being passed down through generations. Chin, she learned this from someone. She learned this from someone. Collarbone, and I took this from her. And I learned this from her, and I took this from her. Under the arm, holding on to this belief. Holding on to this belief. Top of the head. It's part of who I am. It's part of who I am. Eyebrow. It's part of my ancestors. It's part of my ancestry. Sa side of the eye. It's all I've ever known. It's all I've ever known. Under the eye. This pressure to be miserable. This pressure to be miserable. Under the nose. Mm. This pressure to obey my mother. This pressure to obey my mother. Chin, this vow that I made. This vow that I made. Collarbone, to never be happy. To never be happy. Under the arm, I begin to release this vow. I begin to release this now. Top of the head, it's safe to break this vow. 
It's safe to break this vow. Eyebrow, this is my mother's. This is my mother's. Side of the eye, it's not mine. It's not mine. Under the eye, and I don't like to steal things. And I don't like to feel things? Is that what Steal, steal things. I don't things. like to feel things. So steal, like you're robbing, steal things. Okay. Under the nose, so I give back what's not mine. So I give back what's not mine. Chin, it's not okay to feel good. Not okay to feel good. Collarbone, this belief isn't mine. This belief isn't mine. Under the arm, it's my mom. It's, it's my mom's. Top of the head, and she picked it up from someone else. And she picked it up from someone else. Eyebrow, it is safe to break this chain. It is safe to break this chain. Side of the eye, I do this for myself. I do this for myself. Under the eye and for future generations. And for future generations. Under the nose, it is my right to feel good. It is my right to feel good. Chin, it is my purpose to feel pleasure. Oh, it is my purpose to feel pleasure. Collarbone, it is safe to feel this way. It is safe to feel this way. Under the arm, and whenever I hear that critical voice. And whenever I hear that critical voice. Top of the head telling me to stop. Telling me to stop. Eyebrow, I remember it's just my mother. I remember it's just my mother. Side of the eye, and she was in a lot of pain. And she was in a lot of pain. Under the eye, I wouldn't want to live in her mind. I wouldn't want to live in her mind. Yeah. Under the nose, mm -hmm. I have compassion for all she's gone through. I have compassion for all she's gone through. Chin, and I choose a new way. And I choose a new way. Collarbone, it's okay to hear this voice sometimes. It's okay to hear this voice sometimes. Under the arm, it's just my mother. It's just my mother. Top of the head. And I can speak back to this voice. And I can speak back to this voice. Eyebrow and say it's okay to feel good. And say it's okay to feel good. Side of the eye, it's safe to feel good. It's safe to feel good. Under the eye, my purpose is to feel pleasure. My purpose is to feel pleasure. Under the nose, and I do this for myself. And I do this for myself. Chin and for generations to come. And for generations to come. Collarbone, I break the cycle. I break the cycle. Under the arm with peace and gratitude. With peace and gratitude. Top of the head, I choose a new way. I choose a new way. And I feel safe and confident. And I feel safe and confident. Take a deep breath in. Exhale. Wow. Wow. Holy cow. That was wonderful. Just amazing. So when, when you said out loud, it's not okay to feel good, it felt an 11 of intensity and of truth. Mm -hmm. Say it again. It's not okay to feel good. It's not okay to feel good. How true does that feel now? Um, wow. I think it's reduced by a good half. There's wow. kind of a war going on in my head, mm -hmm. but it still feels reduced greatly. So you would say from an 11, I mean, about a six, five or six. Okay. And that was, what was that? Two minutes of tapping? Yeah. So this is what I recommend that you do, Judy, moving forward. Okay. Two, the two things. One is you have that memory of your mom looking mm -hmm. at you going, oh, I got you back. I got you back to where I am. I got you back to feeling miserable. Yeah. Take a moment to tap on that memory. Okay. Even though my mother gave me this look, I love and accept myself. Then when you tap, just say the story the way that you said it to me. Talk about it. You might even find yourself crying. Yeah. Allow yourself to go there and realize how awful it felt yeah. to have your mother look at you and be happy to bring you down. Yeah. And allow yourself to process that emotion and to know that that voice is her voice. It's not yours, yeah. but give yourself a moment to tell that story and tap. And you know that you've made success when you can tell the story and you still know it's not an empowering story, but it doesn't impact you physically. You physically don't feel brought down by that story. It becomes a story. 
Okay. That's how, you know, you can't change the past. You can't change the memory, but you can change the way that the memory impacts you in this moment. And so that's what you're going for. The the second thing is you talked about being 50, 50. So I want you to now you can write down the two voices, get a piece of paper, split it, split it in half on the left, Mm. right my mom's old, my mom's old voice, because this isn't your real mom's voice. Your mom has a higher voice. Your mom is so wise. This is her fear, her, her trauma, her mother's trauma. This is, you know, this idea of it's not safe to feel good for women. It's very common and it goes down generationally. And so, right. Have that piece of paper, put it in half left side, my mom's old voice. Okay. On the right side, write my new voice. My new voice. And I want you to write all the things that your mom says. And it might not be things that your mom has said, but the way that that voice shows up in your own mind. Okay. Don't feel good. You're not good enough. You don't deserve to feel good. All of those sayings. Mm-hmm. On the right side, where it says your voice, write, my purpose is to feel pleasure. It is safe to feel good. I am a child of God. I deserve happiness. I am a light. Just all those empowering affirmations. Uh, okay. And then you have this piece of paper. Now, what I want you to do when you, when you finish that piece of paper is take a moment and begin to tap. And as you tap, say one phrase from the left and then another phrase from the right. Wow. One from the left, one from the right. So you're allowing yourself to have that battle as you tap to just neutralize that anxiety, to allow yourself to have those both voices and to tap on them. And you'll notice when you allow yourself to do that, your true voice becomes stronger. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I'm writing this down as you're telling me. Perfect. Wow. And you can come back to chaos.com and you can get the replay as well. Um, but Judy, thank you for sharing because I know so many people relate to you and I'm excited for you. I'm ex- you have a bright future ahead of you. You're incredible. Thank you. Thank you.